KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Thursday, July 22nd. A year-round homeless shelter for Oceanside. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. County public health officials are strongly urging anyone who isn't vaccinated against COVID-19 yet to go get the shot. Cases have jumped 82 percent in a seven-day period, with 3,500 cases reported. Hospitalizations are also trending up. The new cases and hospitalizations are happening primarily in unvaccinated individuals. The San Diego Convention Center will reopen for events starting on August 1st. Officials made the announcement on Wednesday. For the past 15 months, the convention center operated as an emergency shelter for homeless San Diegans, and then later on for unaccompanied migrant children. The first event scheduled in August is Spy Optics and Photonics, showcasing light-based technologies. Pride festivities will take place for the first time ever in Escondido this weekend. Escondido Pride organizer Leo Molove says more is still needed to be done, but that this is a step in the right direction. Um, I think having Pride in Escondido for the first time is a huge step forward. I think um, it's definitely in the right direction. We are definitely seeing that Escondido is ready for that change. The event will be at Kit Carson Park from 2 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Admission is free. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Oceanside will soon have its first year-round homeless shelter open for men, women, and families. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has more. A school that once served at-risk students will soon serve Oceanside's homeless. Ocean Shores High School, located on Oceanside Boulevard in El Camino Real, will turn into the city's first year-round homeless shelter. Didn't think we would get it, and uh, in the end, they selected us to be their service provider, and I can't tell you how excited we are. Donnie D is the president of the San Diego Rescue Mission. It's different for us because we own our properties, we own our assets, but what I love about this is it's an opportunity for the public and the private to work together on behalf of people who are living on the streets. 
The rescue mission, which will operate the Oceanside Shelter, currently operates a 360-bed shelter in downtown San Diego. While the San Diego location will serve as a model for the Oceanside Shelter, there are some differences. That property in Oceanside is going to be a drop-off facility. We'll work very closely with the hot team in Oceanside, with their police department. We'll work very closely with other agencies, and they will refer people experiencing homelessness that need a place to stay to the San Diego Rescue Mission Ocean Shores campus. The Oceanside Shelter will be open to men, women, and families. Leanna Quirk and her husband have been homeless for over four years and are now staying in a donated RV. They know all too well the need for shelters for families. There's nothing for families. That's the hardest part. Me and my husband are married 20 years. And even when we went to the, the hotel program, they kind of told us, well, would you guys be willing to separate and get rid of your dogs? But we don't want to be separated, and I can't get rid of my dogs. Quirk's dogs became her support when she lost her children to foster care and when she started getting seizures. Quirk thinks the rescue mission's shelter will be great news to the homeless in the area. I know a lot of people that want help, you know, and unfortunately they don't know how to get it. The shelter will offer 50 beds with overnight and day use for 30 days. Again, Donnie D. And they'll have 30 days to stay there and it'll be through that relationship that we'll figure out, do you need to go downtown and be a part of the long-term program? Do you need to go to detox? Do you need a skilled nursing facility? Uh, we'll do triage at these facilities and figure out what's their path forward. The rescue mission's plans first start with a remodel of the existing facility. It's got um, a bunch of individual rooms that were classrooms and we will break up those rooms around gender and and around family uh, orientation. But does the plan account for sexual orientation? Some people are raising the question. Max Disposti is the executive director of the North County LGBTQ Resource Center. He says a large part of the homeless population identifies as LGBTQ and the lack of inclusiveness pushes them away from shelters. You know, there is a reason why our population, queer population, prefers to sleep under the bridge, literally. You know, we're using public land resources. Um, they, they are supposed to guarantee that protection. Disposti says he's concerned the rescue missions plan excludes the LGBTQ homeless. What is your track record? What do you do when a trans person comes in? How do you protect them? Disposti says community relationships are very important when it comes to referring people to agencies for help. In order for us to do a referral to another service provider that can have services that we don't have, like housing and so forth, it, we ask a lot of questions. Says, okay, is your staff trained? If he's trained, who did the training? When they were training? Donnie D said the San Diego Rescue Mission has never denied access to services based on religious belief or sexual identity. He says he welcomes community partners to the Oceanside facility. We're so committed to that approach that we'll actually have office space uh, in our facility at Ocean Shores for other agencies because we want that kind of relationship. This just isn't our thing. It's not just the San Diego Rescue Mission thing. It's the community of Oceanside project, and we want to serve that city well. If approved, remodeling of the facility will start later this year, and the shelter is expected to be up and running by next year. And that reporting from KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne.
Governor Gavin Newsom signed the 2021-22 state budget last week, and on Wednesday, local and state lawmakers were praising the spending plan. KPBS's John Carroll breaks down how much of that money is coming here and the benefits lawmakers say will come along with it. The new state budget is the biggest in state history, $262.5 billion. San Diego's share, more than $220 million that will be spent on projects large and small up and down the county. The state's leadership and financial strength have put us in a great position to build back boldly from the pandemic and to create opportunity in all of our communities. San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria was joined by state and local lawmakers Wednesday morning. They stood on the Ocean Beach Pier, which is getting $8.5 million to help with what's expected to be an overall cost of more than $40 million to completely repair the OB landmark. Many people will get jobs that desperately need them, and a lot of our neighborhoods will look a heck of a lot better. San Diego's pure water sewage recycling system is a big beneficiary of this budget. $50 million to help build the massive project. $18 million for clean energy storage at San Vicente Reservoir. $3 million to prevent polluted stormwater from fouling the Choyas Creek and turning 20 acres there into a regional park. More than $3.5 million for renovations to Casa del Prado in Balboa Park. More than $27 million to combat homelessness. It's well over $200 million that we're bringing into San Diego County are one-time funds for one-time projects. One-time funds because of the state surplus and federal aid. The Scripps Institution of Oceanography will get a new $35 million research vessel, $30 million to replace the aging UCSD Medical Center in Hillcrest. This is a big state budget to be sure, but State Senator Tony Atkins of San Diego says it's not just about spending money, it's about saving some too. We are gonna continue to have a rainy day fund and a reserve. We are uh, preserving $25, $26 billion in all of our accounts that are there for when we need it. There are still some parts of the budget that aren't complete. Negotiations between the legislature and the governor are happening now to wrap things up in the coming weeks. But with money for so many things already agreed on, state and local lawmakers are more than eager to talk about how they've brought home the bacon. And that was KPBS's John Carroll. And at Sweetwater Union High School, thousands of students were back on campus for the first time in 16 months on Wednesday. KPBS's Melissa May has the story. It's just wonderful to see um, the excitement, the positive energy, the return of a little bit of uh, normalcy to our lives. Dr. Moises Aguirre is the district superintendent. He said it was a day of excitement tempered with preparedness. It's going to be a little bit of an adjustment for all of our students coming back but we're doing it in a way that's safe. We believe we have the, the appropriate level of protocols based on the guidance that we're receiving. Aguirre has gotten a mixed bag of reactions from students about returning to school. Some of them are, yay, we're back. Others are like, oh, we're back. I can't be in my PJs anymore. Parents are also excited and grateful. It's a lot of like, uh, thank you. We're, we're happy to have our kids uh, back in school and learning and and they, I, there's, a, I think, a newfound appreciation for all the work that teachers and administrators do. The district is no longer enforcing some safety protocols, like social distancing, but it is still requiring masks indoors, regardless of vaccination status, and limiting the number of students in bathrooms. Drinking fountains have also been replaced with water bottle filling stations, and every classroom and office space has been equipped with an air purification system. 
Aguirre knows that a lot of students experienced the trauma of losing a loved one to COVID-19, and school staff is on hand to help. Is making sure that our students know that there are adults on campus they can talk to. We may need to wear a face mask, but nevertheless, we can be there in person to support them. About 300 students have opted to continue with virtual learning through the district's Launch Academy. And that reporting from KPBS's Melissa May. Across the state, a new study finds that nearly one in three California families are struggling to cover their daily living costs for food, housing, and transportation. Cap Radio's Steve Milney has more. About three and a half million households in the state earn income below what researchers for the United Way call the real cost measure. The real cost measure to us is a decent standard of living. That's what we're saying. Pete Manzo is president and CEO of United Ways of California, which released the study. Of those three and a half million households, nearly all, 97 percent, have at least one working adult. That's a key point of the study is that these are overwhelmingly working households. So the answer for them isn't, hey, go get a job. They have a job and they may have, you know, more than one job. Very low income households report spending up to 80 percent of their income on housing. The report also looks at race. Of the households that don't earn enough to get by, 51 percent are Latino, 41 percent black, 28 percent Asian and 20 percent white. The study is based on U.S. Census Bureau data from 2014 through 2019. In Sacramento, I'm Steve Milney. San Diego immigrants who worked with American troops and officials in Afghanistan say the U.S. is not doing enough to help Afghans who are still in that country to get out. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more. Ramat Mukhtar immigrated from Afghanistan to San Diego in 2016 with his wife. An interpreter who worked with the Marines, he's watched nervously as the U.S. pulls out of Afghanistan without announcing its final plans for thousands of Afghan citizens who worked with the U.S. I'm afraid that you will see in, in months and years that people are being hanged out there or tortured or killed because of the association with the U.S. military. The Pentagon announced this week that 2,500 people will be housed at Fort Lee, Virginia, while they complete the naturalization process. It's a fraction of the 20,000 people who have applied for a special immigration visa. That doesn't include thousands of family members. The Pentagon says that they may house others if asked by the State Department. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. Coming up, the San Diego median home price hits a record of three quarters of a million. We'll have more on that next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.
Bidding wars are breaking out among buyers as home prices in San Diego reach another record high. In June, the median price for a home in the county reached $750,000. That's up about $150,000 from this time last year. An extremely low inventory of homes for sale and low mortgage rates are two big factors driving prices up, but so is migration from buyers coming into San Diego from even higher-priced areas in California. Mike Freeman is a reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune who's been covering the story. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. Here's that interview. Remind us, if you would, first off, what does median home price mean? Is that the average home price in San Diego? No, it means that half of the homes sold for more than $750,000 and half of the homes of the month sold for less than that. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a way to take out the extremes, right? So if you had a $35 million purchase, the average would really shoot high. But in the median, it's just one of the data points above the middle. And does that include condos or just single family homes? No, that's condos, condos as well. So the median keeps climbing. June's numbers are even higher than they were in May. Isn't that right? Correct. It, it, it's been a very hot summer. It's been really driven again, by the, you know, the low mortgage rates and, you know, also kind of their increased opportunities for people to work from home coming out of the pandemic or wanting to work from home coming out of the pandemic. And, and therefore, you know, it's kind of fueled this strong, strong demand for housing, particularly in the suburbs, right? Lower density areas um, where people can, um, you know, kind of have their castle and work from it. Is that the theory about why people aren't selling? Well, I, I think the uh, the theory from the real estate agents I spoke to about what people aren't selling is, you know, if you sell, where do you go from there? So, you know, the idea is, is or the notion is that uh, you couldn't replace what you've got, you know, even if you sold for, you know, um, so $750,000, you, you know, pocket that profit um, uh, on your equity. If you wanted to live somewhere in San Diego County, you would have turn around and probably pay more. We've been talking about home in inventory being so low. Is there any way to express how low that inventory is? I mean, is it historically low? Is it um, what what are they talking about in terms of how low the housing inventory is? Is there any way that you can describe it? Well, I mean, the MLS has data that showed that the inventory in San Diego County for homes and condos, was actually, you know, that's the number of homes for sale, listed for sale, uh, was actually less than a month. And typically, two years ago, before the pandemic, San Diego had 5.5 months of inventory, uh, you know, available. So some 10,000 listings on single family and some 3,000 listings on condos and townhomes. So, you know, now it's down to 2,000 home listings and 1,000 condo listings. And so the inventory is just very, very thin right now. And San Diego has failed to hit the state targets for new home construction, hasn't it? How far behind are we? In the city limits, the target was about 88,000 units. And the city uh, builders delivered about 4,200 units um, on some updated figures that I, I found this morning. So it's still, you know, 50% below what the target was. How is that low inventory playing out in actual real estate sales in San Diego? What typically happens 
when a house goes on the market these days? Well, from what realtors have told me is, is that, you know, particularly in a, you know, a new property that is highly sought after coming on the market, I mean, it just launches a bidding war um, and people are coming in and bidding above the asking price. And in one, you know, anecdote, a realtor told me her clients bid uh, $10,000 over the asking price on a, you know, kind of a newly listed hot property. And and they didn't get it because you know someone else bid forty five thousand over the asking price, and and that home was like right in the sweet spot of the you know median price homes. I think it was a seven seventy five or thereabouts price. So you get people at, routinely now at doing um, overbids. Wow. What about young couples who might be looking for a starter home? Have those prices risen dramatically too? Well, that that has been a kind of the category. Again, anecdotally from re- realtors, has been the category that has been the the hardest for people to to break into because that's where a lot of the overbidding is happening. Buyers who are stretching to reach um, the median to get into a home. Yeah, you're reporting that buyers from Orange County and elsewhere in California are also driving home prices up in San Diego. Why is that happening? Yeah, well, if you look at the median prices up there, it's even higher. And, you know, San Francisco is another sort of situation. And, and again, um, uh, from uh, what I was um, told is, you know, if, if you're in uh, in those regions and, you know, you, your money just goes a lot farther down here, you can, instead of getting a smaller place or, you know, a townhome, an attached home, um, you know, down here, you can get a single family home for less. So do we have to wait until San Diego can build itself out of this low inventory housing market? Or are there other factors that might start to stabilize the market? Well, there are clearly other factors that would, would start to stabilize the market because building would be is, it would be a long, long process, right? Um, but clearly higher interest rates, if inflation really takes hold and, and uh, interest rates start to rise, that, that clearly will put a damper on demand. Um, so that you know, that's one of the things. And I mean, there's just you know, general uh, economic conditions. You know, we're to, we're coming out of the pandemic in a, in, a, in a hot market, so that that could be an issue uh, if if our economic conditions start to slow. Um, and another thing too, and and kind of um, in a different tact there, is I was told anecdotally that you know, home construction has really been slow. New home construction, you know, in part because there was a lumber shortage earlier this year, right? And things, how very, very expensive um, building materials and hard to find labor. So construction employment, I understand, is now back to pre-pandemic levels, but, you know, still hasn't really taken off. And so, you know, that's slowed it down too. You're not seeing a lot of the new home inventory coming on. And what's the forecast for San Diego real estate for the rest of the year? Well, according to the you know, CoreLogic people, they they continue to think that this is going to continue. CoreLogic's uh, economists estimated that you know there'd be eleven percent price gain uh, between now and May twenty twenty two in the median. That was Mike Freeman, a reporter for the San Diego Union Tribune, speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh. 
And that's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio, or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.